0: Hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Seven Figure Millennials Podcast, where it is my job to help you to prioritize your happiness, health, and relationships while making your biggest entrepreneurial dreams a reality. And if you didn't know, one of the inspirations for this show and for this movement was the quote by Jim Rohn, become a millionaire, not for the million dollars, but for what it will make of you to achieve it. So if you're listening to this right now and you are a heart-centered, impact-driven entrepreneur who is into entrepreneurship for so much more than the money, but for the impact, for the growth, then you are absolutely in the right spot. And boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for you today because ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, keep your hands in the vehicle, your feet on the floor, embrace yourselves because today we have a first on the show and that is that we have back-to-back episodes with the same guest, Michael Haig. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to part one yet, make sure to do that. But in case you're one of those people who doesn't like following instructions and decided to continue listening anyways, here's a little bit about Michael. Michael is one of Hollywood's top story experts and he has been since 1985 and has empowered countless screenwriters, filmmakers and novelists to improve their stories, advance their careers and reach huge audiences. Michael has coached screenwriters, producers, stars and directors on projects for every major studio and network including I Am Legend, Hancock, The Karate Kid, Concussion and Suicide Squad for Will Smith and Overbrook Entertainment as well as projects starring Julia Roberts, Morgan Freeman, Alec Baldwin, Chris Pine, Reese Witherspoon, Tom Party Tom Cruise, and so many others. So in part one, we dove into Michael's background and learned his Storytelling Made Easy framework to help you to increase your impact and profits by telling more effective stories. But today is completely different than anything I've ever done on the show. Because during part one, I nervously asked Michael if he'd be willing to give me feedback on my origin story. And for we had a segment for about 11 minutes where he gave me feedback that was pure gold. And after we stopped recording on the first part, he offered me very generously that if I implemented his feedback that he gave me on the podcast and sent him a video with the new and improved version, he would come back again on the show and help make the story even better beyond that. So in this episode, Episode, you're getting a sneak peek of how brilliant Michael is with storytelling and learn some of the finer nuances of what he really does to level up a story once there's a solid foundation. So, you're gonna learn things like number one, why the primary goal of storytelling is to elicit emotion, number two, the two ways that you can create more emotion in your stories, and number three, how to build suspense with your stories and make more impact. So, I share my story, I get really real and raw, and Michael really helps add even more emotion to it. And then, after this episode recording, I obviously went back to the transcripts and I improved the story again. And so this story is going to be worth millions to me. I share this on every time I'm a podcast guest somewhere else, or if I'm getting introduced to someone and this story is so much better because Michael helped me with it. And so you get to be behind the scenes and listen to a coaching session of Michael in his zone, which is always really cool because you can tell he's in flow and he just loves this stuff so much. So it's so exciting, so cool. And one last thing before we dive in, I want to give a pre-show listener shout out to this week's reviewer, Kim. Kanga 1000 who left a review saying highly actionable. And Brandon does a good job of asking questions that lead his guests to tell engaging stories. So thank you for the kind words, Kanga 1000 And if you're a returning listener, keyword returning, and you haven't left a review yet, you can do that by heading to sevenfiguremillennials.com slash review. And that's going to give you exact instructions on how to leave a review. I know it's different on many different platforms. So that's where you're going to see how to do it. And if you choose to leave an review. I have a little gift that I want to give to you and it's going to reveal how I get incredible people like Michael on the show and how you can get the high level connections that you need to grow your business. Whether that's high ticket clients or strategic partnerships, that's all inside of this little goodie It's just a thank you gift if, if you choose to leave an honest review. And so again, all those details are found at sevenfiguremillennials.com slash review. So with all that said, please enjoy this first of its kind interview style with Michael Hay, where he gives me coaching on my story, where you get real and raw and you can learn how to take your stories to the next level. So enjoy this conversation with my friend, Michael Haig. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong and welcome to the Seven Figure Millennials Podcast. Mr. Michael Heg, the first ever person to appear twice on the show in a really new and exciting format. Welcome back. Super excited to have you.
1: I didn't know that. I didn't know nobody would ever been on twice, you know? So there you go. You get to I'm claim honored. the title. I'm really honored. So <laughs>
0: I'll cool. send you a crown. I'll send you a crown. There you can you put that on and you can parade it across, you know, whatever whatever you need to show off. <laughs> so um, I, uh, I'm, I'm just going to hope that this plays all right, but I'm, I'm going to assume that I've already given everybody listening to this an intro so you know exactly what's going on. So I'm just going to start by diving right into the story after incorporating what you heard from the previous episode with Michael. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that first version, Um, I should have played it right beforehand, but I'm I'm just going to jump right into the new story. So so I want to start by taking you back to Wisconsin Hills Middle School. And the one thing I want to let you know about Wisconsin Hills is it was in a very affluent suburb of Brookfield, Wisconsin. And sometimes people in Brookfield are even known as the Brookfield snobs. And I was very grateful that my parents worked hard to get me into the school district. But let me just say that because of my family's financial situation, we were not one of the Brookfield snobs. And I used to be really frustrated back then because my, far- my parent, my my friends could get whatever they wanted. They would ask for the video game, the toy or the phone. And at the same time, I was watching that happen when I had these glasses and I was, there were these really dorky glasses and that's because it's all we could afford. And if I wanted contacts, I had to figure out how to pay for them by myself. So I'll never forget one specific day though, in sixth grade, I was sitting in Mrs. Dentisi's sixth grade classroom All the kids were excited and sitting and staring at the clock, waiting for it, the bell to ring for lunchtime. And then the bell rang. 27 of my classmates jumped to their feet and scrambled to go to lunch. But there was one kid that did not rush to lunch, that held back behind everybody else. And that kid was me. And... You may be wondering why the heck would any sixth grader not like to go to lunch? The reason why is because when I would go through the lunch checkout line, I'd have my my tray with the chicken nuggets, curly fries, whatever was on sale for the day. I'd set it down next to the lunch lady. And now before I explain what happened next, I want to first explain what happens when a normal kid goes through the checkout uh, line. They would type in their student ID and then it would show the price of the meal, $3.15 or whatever it was. But when I put in my student ID, it would show Brandon Fong, free and reduced lunch, $0.00. And obviously that showed because I was on the free lunch program and and we needed some help from from the government to pay for stuff. And I was so embarrassed by that. Some days I would hide out in the bathroom extra. Some days I would try to distract my friends. Anything to prevent them from seeing that $0 and the fact that I was on the free lunch line. And that happened over 13 years ago. And to this day, I'll never forget how painful and embarrassing that experience was. But I am so grateful for that experience. Because, but because of it, I, I vowed that I wanted to become a successful entrepreneur. I wanted to make things different for my family. And I knew I wanted to have control over my income. So I pursued entrepreneurship because of that. And if you fast forward a few years, I, my first ever entrepreneurial venture uh, was this business plan I created called the Sizzling Ninja? <laughs> and this is in high school. So I competed with this business plan, and I ended up taking first place in the state competition. Was super excited, and I'll never forget. I stepped off from the stage, talked to my advisor. She said, "Congratulations, you qualified to go to nationals." The cost of the trip is going to be a thousand dollars and fifty a thousand fifty dollars and eighty cents. And I remember thinking at the time, as a sixteen-year-old, I'm like, I'm making seven twenty-five an hour at a fast food restaurant, you know, back in the napkin math, it's going to take me like 145 hours to pay for this thing. And so my dad hearing me like worried about not being able to pay for the trip, he did something incredible. And he introduced me to my first ever mentor, Brenda Campbell, that changed one thing that told me, taught me one thing that actually changed my life for forever. And before I tell you what that thing is, I want to tell you that she she showed this to me. She didn't tell it to me, she showed it to me. So I'm going to tell you what Brenda did, and then I'll explain what Brenda the, the, the key takeaway for you listening to this is. So what Brenda did is she's like, okay, you want to fundraise for this trip. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you to eight incredibly successful entrepreneurs. And what you need to do is you need to ask for feedback on your business plan. And then after they give you feedback and invest in you and you get them excited about your idea, you have to ask them to support you in your trip to go to nationals. So I ended up doing this and I ended up fundraising more than enough money to pay for this entire trip. And this was, I was just blown away that I could spend a few hours developing incredible relationships with people and it turned into this incredible experience. And so the key thing that Brenda taught me from this whole experience was that if you learn how to make genuine connections with the right people, money will never be a problem ever again in your entrepreneurial career or whatever it may be. And so because of that experience, I made it my mission to start connecting with people. And once I focused on mastering this and really getting good at it, it completely transformed my life. And so I'm so blessed to say, that now by the age of 22, because of connections, I was able to run the marketing operations for a seven-figure online education company with over 250,000 students. I was able to partner with a mentor and launch my first product that made over $45,000 in the first week. I was able to travel the world to 23 different countries with my wife and take my family on trips that I always wanted to when I was little. And on top of that, I got into a high-end mastermind that it was full of seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs and learning from the most incredibly successful people on the planet. So all this to say is I wanted to share with this story. There's two main things I want you to understand. One, I learned about what the power of what connect one connection can really do for you. And if you're listening to this, I know that you are just one connection away from taking it to the next level in your life. And the other reason why I share this message is because when I was in Genius Network, learning from seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs, I learned that you can have anything in the world and still be miserable on the inside. And so that's why I created Seven Figure Millennials, which is all about inspiring millennial entrepreneurs to prioritize their happiness, health and relationships while making their biggest entrepreneurial dreams a reality. And so um, that's, the, that's the story. <laughs> I don't know how I concluded from there, <laughs> but that, that's that's the new variation. So now a welcoming Michael Haig to, to give me more feedback on the, on the new version.
1: <laughs> well, First of all, this is a this is the most important thing, but I noticed I've been working on a, a like for a year and a half. I've been working on an online course for storytelling for business leaders, and so I'm going through the video I created because it's you know on camera. It's not just uh, you know uh, slides, and so I'm on camera and I'm watching those to find out well where does where do the cuts need to be and so on. So I'm having to listen to myself over and over, and. Now I've learned that the only way I can do that (laughs) and not just get, just get, you know, you know, uh, scratching, you know, blackboard it's going so slow is to crank it up to one and a half or two times speed. So I can listen to myself and get through it. And as I heard you tell that story, I realized you don't need that.
0: I speak fast.
1: faster at regular speed than (laughs) I am at like one and a half times. So that's cool. (laughs) Anyway, it was just just a first reaction. Uh, the first thing I'd say, in reality, is you did an amazing job of incorporating what we talked about in my last visit into the story. So it's just uh, to me leagues better. I mean, you just raised that story to a much much higher level. It's more focused. It's it's clear. The message is clear, and and so on. So that's all good. But now so what I want to do now is I want to ratchet it up even more in this, in this feedback. And by the way, this isn't unusual. I mean, when I work with clients, we said, you know, we'll, we'll make several passes at a story often And if they're ongoing clients, because you just want to get it stronger and stronger and stronger. And in particular, what, what we want to do with this, which is what, I do with everyone who's reached this point is first of all we want to say can we make this story more emotional mm. because the 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 primary goal of telling the story is to elicit emotion in the person you're telling it to or in the audience or in the viewers or in the readers of your book or your blog or your article whatever it might be because ultimately what you want to do if you're telling a story for business is you want to get them to take some action you want to persuade them whether it is to follow your advice or sign up for your group or sign up for your product or, or, or hire you to be a speaker again, or whatever it might be. And the, 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 the strongest way you can do that both to get, create a connection with people and get them to trust you and like you and believe in you. And also to make them want to take that action is to get them to feel something. Hmm. So the story is really the stealth marketing tool, in my opinion, that's the way you, you, That's the way you get to that persuasive level when you start talking about the particular thing you're marketing or the thing you're trying to persuade them to do and so on. So we want to look at at, uh, more emotion. And then we also want to make sure, is it very clear what your goal is in telling the story? And is it very clear what action you want them to take? Now, I'm assuming from what you said that this is going to be a run up to this program you've created uh, that you that you created for entrepreneurs or, you know, so seven figure millennials or I, I forget the exact name of what you called that thing. But is that the idea of the story that you're not only giving advice, but you want it to be to contribute to somebody signing up for that program?
0: Yes. And many, many. Senses. And I think that this origin story will fit in many different places, not like one specific place. Like I even tell them before I even got the coaching from you when I would meet someone and they say, what do you do? I would tell them an abbreviated version of the story because I just feel like the story, the short version of it really just give so much more weight to what I'm doing than if somebody just said, this is what I do. Um, so yes, it will be leveraged inside of products that I create. It'll be leveraged inside of consulting that I do. And it'll also be used inside of meeting people. So, um, but it, it, would it help if I maybe gave one particular use case for us to hone on, in on for this for this example here? Or does that, well, we're does gonna, that clarify? We're going to get to that. Okay, <laughs> cool. See. All right.
1: <laughs> I just, all I want to do is make sure that I'm coaching you toward what it is your objective is with the story, or stories in this case. So I'm just going to dive in, and I'll have some questions for you along the way. But these are just the ways now I think you can elevate the story. I mean, the stories are, well, it was obviously working before you ever met me and I was ever on. But you could tell it the way you just told it, and it would be fine. But I think we can make it so it's really... At a at a new level, just really. Let's do it! I'm so excited! Okay, so the first thing, uh, if if you're trying to create emotion in a story, which you have to be, or else there's pretty much no point in telling the story if it's not first and foremost going to be emotional. The two keys to creating emotion with a story are conflict, and and I'll say specificity. Conflict meaning. If if you think about going to a movies, which is my background, working in Hollywood, or in or reading novels or whatever. If you think about, well, what were the moments in the movie where you were most involved, where you really leaned in, where you really uh, connected and forgot that you were watching in a movie theater or watching on TV or, or reading the novel or whatever? And those are the moments when the hero or some character comes up against immense conflicts. So you're wondering what's going to happen or how are they going to get out of it or it's a big action sequence or so on. So. Uh, That's the first thing. The primary thing is emotion. But the other thing is when you tell a story, you want to create a movie in the mind of the person that is listening to it. And so the way you do that is to create the most vivid images and the most specific dialogue you can for the story uh, so that we feel like we're there in the classroom, we're there you know, winning the competition where they're meeting those, those, uh, the, the, the mentor or the the high rollers or whatever they were, the entrepreneurs that your first uh, mentor uh, introduced you to and so on. Okay. So that's what we're shooting for. So let's just start with a part of it that has to do with the lunch, the lunch counter. And so that now uh, it, I I think, What you want to do is you start it off well, if you say, you you know, uh, this was, uh, you know, go back to this year, I don't think you named the year, I think you said it was 13 years before or something like that. But anyway, you can set the scene. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to talk about how you were already, you don't want to give away that you were in a uh, you were lucky to be there because you weren't nearly as poor as anybody else because you're stepping on the the real uh, impact of the story, which we're going to discover as you're in the lunch line. So what, but what to set the stage? You, I, I would say, uh, you know, you go into that classroom, but I would say. Uh, you know, I want to take you back, or you could say, I want to take you back 13 years, or I, I've, was that the number of years you said? About yeah, 13. 13 yeah, okay. So uh, I want you to go back with me 13 years. I want to take you back 13 years uh, to uh, Mrs. I don't remember. Ben <laughs> yeah. okay. Uh, sixth grade classroom. Okay. The class is sitting, you know, the sitting. Uh, they're, so, they're supposed to be working on this. They're supposed to be answering questions or we're, you know, they're supposed to be raising their hand or they're supposed to be doing their test. But the whole class is looking at the clock as it ticks away because at high noon or at 11th, whatever it was, the bell is going to ring for lunch. And that's what everybody's looking forward to. And as soon as so, as soon as the bell rings, uh, twenty, you know, and you should say in advance, there's twenty eight people there, or maybe it was. Twi- I don't remember. it was twenty seven plus you. <laughs> or I don't know how
0: many kids. I just I okay. use the number. Yeah, 27. Okay, that's good. Well, it,
1: it, it was going to be around thirty. That's the magic number for most schools. Okay, now. When you describe the town, you can say it was in, uh, say, I, I, I could look at my notes, but I'm not. No worries. Right yeah. Right.
0: Brookfield, Brookfield, Wisconsin.
1: Brook- but- Dale? Brookdale? Brookdale? Brookfield. Brookfield. Okay. Brookfield, Wisconsin, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you could say it was a school, it was in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Brookfield was a fairly affluent city you know, not far from here, or in the classroom, you know, and, and so the classroom is, you know, in this gorgeous school, or whatever it might be, you could slip in that it's a, that it's a upper middle class area, or whatever you want to say, but don't, but you're not even mentioning yourself yet, you're just describing the setting and moving into the classroom, and as the bell rings, you know, 27 kids jump to their feet and start scrambling to go out, get out the door to be first in line for lunch. All but one of them, okay? Because there's one little kid who is slowly getting out of his desk or, you know, up from his chair, uh, you know, no smile on his face, sort of reluctantly heading towards the cafeteria. And then you can say, and that kid was me. Okay, and then, and when you, and, and you could even say one kid, and you could describe one kid, sort of, uh, you know, well, you weren't buck tooth, but you know, one kid, buck's bunny teeth, wearing, you know, big glasses, big, you know, big glasses had sort of a a gap between his teeth, and so on, you know, however, and, you know, he sort of shuffled out, you know, behind everybody else. And that kid was me. And then you can say, and here's why I was not eager to get there. Because like every other day, I got in line. And after after getting my uh, uh, chicken nuggets McNug not McNuggets, I guess, but chicken nuggets and fries. Or I don't know if you had a choice, or if everybody was happy to eat that. But whatever. Describe a little more. You know, I you know I got my tray as as they you know as the cook or whoever it is you know sho- you know shoveled the chicken nuggets and so on and handed me my plate. I went you know over to the cash register, and I saw as I did every day ahead of me, there was, and you could even use names if you want, you know, there was Johnny, uh, you know, and uh, who always got two desserts and the cash you know, he gave him his card and the register rang up $6.10 or $3 and whatever. I know it was cheap, but you could stretch it because the cheaper it sounds, the less powerful the story.
0: Yeah, and, I have, I have uh, no idea how much it was. Behind, but I think he...
1: <laughs> yeah, and then behind him and then, you know, Marjorie, you know, who, Who you know, wanted to be a model. So all she ever had every day was a salad, rang up hers. And then it was my turn and I gave the card and it put it in the register and up came zero. And you, you added something this time that you didn't say before. There's some word that said free lunch or something like that. Yeah. And this is why I want you to know, this is why I hated every day going there. Because I knew, you know, my belief was, or I knew every other kid in my class or in the school or in the cafeteria could see that this kid doesn't have to pay anything. That's because we didn't have a lot of money. We couldn't afford. So all you're doing is building up to that moment. So we see that low number, that zero first, and then you can explain. And you can say, see, my family was not well-to-do like everybody else. In fact, I didn't even really live in that nice neighborhood. I, but then you got to explain how were you able to go to the school if you didn't live in the neighborhood, if you're going to say that, because was it your, you know, your, one of your parents worked for the school system or whatever it was, it doesn't matter. But you got to say why if you're going to say you didn't belong. But I love that idea that you didn't even live in this affluent neighborhood you had mentioned because you know you were you got you got to go on privilege you know
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, uh, this is where I was kind of curious to ask this question too. And I think in copywriting, you know, people always ask like, how long should a piece of copy be? And the answer is that as long as you keep people engaged, it doesn't matter how how long the thing is. And I think the same goes with the story. It's like how short or long should a story be? Obviously there's different containers you need to be in. So I was going to ask you about like how much is too much details, but to answer your question, and maybe we can uh, allude to this, like, I mean, I technically lived Outside of Brookfield, in the town of Brookfield, and so like the school district line, I was supposed to go to another school district, Waukesha North. Um, and then my, my parents didn't want me to go to Waukesha North, so I don't know how they did it, but I was able to go through open enrollment to the Brookfield school district and was able to to, to go there instead of the Waukesha school district. So I mean, part of it is like you know we weren't in like the hood, like we weren't we weren't like yeah, broke as of the broke, but like but we we weren't in the dividing line. That that would allow me to go just naturally be enrolled to Brookfield central.
1: Okay. So what you just described took about 10 times longer than it would take you to put that in the story. Okay. All you would have to say is, you know, see my family, you know, we could, you know, we had government assistance so we could afford So, so I, you know, because my parents wouldn't be able to afford lunch every day. Says, in fact, we didn't even live in that affluent neighborhood. We lived right across the line in a much less less affluent area. But somehow, my parents finagled me admission to that school instead of the other one. You know, that's all you need to say. But sure. you've got to say because your parents pulled some strings, or or you know, that's all you got to say. And let me let me address that issue of how long. A couple things. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple quotes. <laughs> Like do this. Uh, The first thing is uh, a a screenwriter, a a person who was a screenwriter since the '30s, like for you know almost fifty years, um, named Art Arthur. He was like my first mentor when I came to LA uh, to break into Hollywood because he'd been a screenwriter for all this time, and he he was Cecil B. DeMille's assistant on the Ten Commandments. He's he scripted a. Uh, Oscar-winning short documentary. Uh, he eventually went on to write, be the head writer on Sea on, uh, Hunt and created Flipper, if you know those shows, and so on. And he used to say the first secret of success at, at writing, of any kind, at screenwriting for him, was don't get it right, get it written. And that means you don't want to try and figure out, oh, is this going to be too long, or how do I word this, and so on. Just get it down. I, my assumption is that if you script this out, just like the first one, it's going to be way longer than you want it to be. But you're not to get all these ideas out, and then all you do is say, because the first the first time you wrote it, it might be just like you just described it. Well, we were in this, and this other neighborhood was here, and we lived here, and so on. But you get all that down, and you say, okay, what's really important here? That a, I was I love that you're just across the line, just just within reach of the, the, the kids <laughs> or whatever. And all you need to know, you don't want to create a question that you're not going to answer with the story. And that is, well, OK, so how come you were get to be there? But if I, if all you said was so somehow my parents finagled, you know, finagled the school into letting letting, letting me go there. That's all the detail we need to know. So that that what I just said that probably was what 20 seconds took me to say that? Less, probably. The other quote I want to say in terms of length is uh uh Roger Ebert. I I think even millennials probably have heard of Roger Ebert because there was this uh uh long long long-running show Siskel and Ebert at the movies. They were he was the most uh affluent or or the most well-known film critic basically in the world he he died some years ago uh but he was just famous because he had this tv show and he did all these things and he used to say uh this was my favorite quote of his he used to say no great movie is ever too long and no bad movie is ever too short (laughs) And so so you you don't want to be worried about length at first. Now, sometimes you'll be in situations where, you know, you'll be if you're speaking in public or you're a guest on a podcast, you can't tell an eight minute story. okay? so you got to pin it down. But we're not going to worry about that now, because right now we're going to get this all structured out and then it'll be much easier for you to trim it down. So it fits into the time span.
0: Love that. But yeah.
1: Nothing I'm going to say is going to make it longer because I'm also going to say you can pull it, pull some things out, but we'll get to that. Cool. Okay. So that's the, that's the school story you want to say. It's like, here's the setting. Here are the kids. They're all going to lunch. Here's the poor kid with glasses and, and so on. And, and, uh, if, if it's on video, I like that you had the, the story, uh, because if you said, if you said, um, except for one kid, sits in the back of the room, you know, yeah, if you said this one kid sits in the back of the room, not, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, doesn't look that happy, he's got big, you know, big Coke bottle bottom glasses or whatever it is. You don't give away that they were cheap glasses yet, because we don't know yet that you're not affluent. He's, he, uh, you know, uh, has, you know, his teeth are sort of you have a big space in his teeth, and you should probably know that kid was me. And then when you say that was me, you hold up the picture, okay? And then you say, and on this this particular day was really not not unlike any other day when the lunch bell, bell rang. I wanted to be sure that I was the last person in line. And here's why. And here's why. After I got my tray and got my chicken nuggets and was up, you know, where you go pay with your lunch card, then I would, you know, I would see so-and-so lunch rang up says $6, whatever I just said. Okay. Before yep. that's it. And then you come to your point, which was really good when he says, said, and, and, I was determined and and because of that situation and being while I was at that school, that's where I became determined to be an entrepreneur. That's when I was determined. I don't ever want to have to deal with, you know, people thinking I'm the outsider who can't afford things or whatever, what you said it much better than I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got that. And then you go, now here's where we're going to trim some. You're going to say, so much so that i i uh, created uh, i created this uh, business plan the sizzling ninja was it plan. ninja the sizzling sizzling ninja, ninja. <laughs> I, I, ninja, the, the
0: sizzling, ninja food truck <laughs> sizzling
1: ninja. Oh, it was a food truck? That was the yeah. it Was a food oh, okay. truck. I didn't hear the food truck part. I, well, okay. I didn't
0: actually. I didn't actually own it. It was a business plan for this food truck, and that's what I competed at this internet, this state competition okay. for, and I won first place with for my business plan.
1: Yeah, once you've done this, you might want to slow down just a bit. I don't mind that you're you know breezing through it, but but that's critical because all I heard was ninja ninja whatever, but I didn't hear the words food truck if you said them. And as soon as you say a plan for, you know, sizzling ninja food truck, okay, now I'm picturing a food truck. And I think now that's cool. That's fun, because it's specific, you're going into detail. Okay. So you come to that. Now, here, you have to create a story about that too. Because what the what the school situation is, it is kind of a prologue. It is sort of like, it, it's it's actually, in, in my process, where I talk about the six steps that a hero goes through in a story, and I talk about creating empathy at the beginning, you wanna create sympathy for your character. And oftentimes, also, if you go deep into a character, to see what drives the character, you look to where was the pain in the past? How were the, what was their wound is the term I use. So that you're revealing what your wound was, but the story is really about you when you were, I guess it was a senior, Uh, I think. uh, Junior junior
0: junior year of high school, or junior year of high school, yeah.
1: Junior year of high school, okay, so you're jumping ahead. But now you have to treat that like the second story because that's all, okay, this is who I was, this was my vow. And now here's what happens when I get a chance to, to do that. And so you say, so you tell, you know, uh, I was, I was, you know, I was in a contest, but you've got to say a little bit more and everyone had to submit a business plan. So you lay out sort of the rules a bit more. And I had what I thought was a crackerjack plan. If did you win with the plan? Did I understand that correctly? Okay.
0: Yep. I took first place oh, in the You were one it.
1: of the winners. Okay. And I had what I thought was a crackerjack plan for a sizzling ninja food truck. And you can even say one more, you know, who was going to, you know, who's going to be the greatest food truck ever going to sell food, you know, who was going to offer something, whatever made it unique or whatever, just just a, a, a glimpse of that. And then you said, but then you got to say, and I worked and I worked and I worked on that until finally, when they announced the winners or the results of the competition at my school or wherever it was, I heard my name called and I had actually won or I was one of the five finalists or whatever. In fact, I'm, I'm brainstorming here a bit. So this is this is also I coach. I'll say, wait, this would be a good idea. What I would do is I would say there was a competition for... To submit a business plan. And the winner got to go to the national conference to present their plan. So I'm in the auditorium. The principal gets up and announces, you know, to announce the winner of the competition or wherever it was and however many people. And she called my name. And I was so excited. And as I, I went up to get the award, and afterwards backstage, the, my teacher, my principal said, this is great. It's so exciting. You're going to love going to nationals. Uh, now, your folks will have to come up with the money or however they say it, you know, because it's going to cost. Now, it was a little odd for me that she would know how many it, it, she would have it worked exact out. exact amount. Expense, you know, <laughs> but I sure. love, you know, you could either say, uh, you know, she said it, but it's, it's a little over a thousand dollars.
0: So, I mean, I I don't know if this, this detail helps, but like, I don't think, I think I accelerated like what, what actually happened. Cause I think what, in in reality, what happened is I took first place in state, I got off the stage and she said, congratulations, you, you qualify for nationals. And then a few days later, you know, in school, she's talking about the logistics. And that was when my heart sank, when I saw the actual price point and I'm like, shit, I don't know if I can actually go to this trip, even though I spent so much time and energy and effort qualifying for state uh, or qualifying for nationals.
1: That's okay. You could. You could do it that way. You could, you could say, and I was just on an unbelievable high for the next two days until mm. I met <laughs> with them to, and they penciled out exactly what it would cost. And, and you could even say, because I, I assumed it was provided because I wanted to know the cost to, you know, the cost was going to be, and then you can say the specific number. It doesn't have to take any longer, but it is nice because you, but you need to link it. So you say, I was on a high for three days. You know, I was already planning, you know, what, what I could wear, what, you know, what can I afford to, what new clothes could I, could I, could I get get new glasses, whatever, probably have (laughs) new glasses by then. Okay. And then that was it. And I thought, Oh no, you know, that's it. But then my father came to the rescue. You could even say my parent or my father came to the rescue again. And he said, I think I know somebody who could help you. Because who might be willing to help you, uh, you know. And I would have him say, who might be willing to to uh, help you financially or something like that. And so he took me to meet the bar- Barbara Campbell. Brenda Campbell. Yeah. Oh, Brenda. Brenda Campbell. Okay. Now, what you are doing here, though, is you're making this a story with a very clear goal. And that is this is the story of you who wants to raise 1,000, da 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 da. You had to find a way. Mm. Because, and so that's why that becomes important. And the way you told the story now, it kind of just, there it was, and then she solved the problem, and then I went on and I did others. Ah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: You got to note that, because the, first, the prologue was not a story with a particular goal. It's just establishing a situation that creates empathy and shows where your wound came. But the real core of the story is I wanted to be an entrepreneur because of what happened to me in the lunchroom every day. And so I, so I worked hard to win this competition because then I would get to go to Washington D.C. If that's where it was.
0: It was California, actually. <laughs> By you? Okay. <laughs>
1: oh, I, I don't know where I got that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even better because who doesn't want to come to? California, and especially if you're in Wisconsin. Con- it's I, it's funny.
0: I'm recording this right now and it's literally snowing outside and it's, it's April 21st. So, so yeah, yeah. absolutely. We, we were excited uh, to go yeah. to California.
1: And, well, I'm behind my screen here is a window looking out at the LA sunshine. So your heart <laughs> don't, out, rub in, you know? don't rub it in Michael. Don't rub it in. Okay. So, it, so now again, we're going for emotion and detail. So she met you and says, and I think what you this is where you want to use some dialogue. So instead of saying that she told me that this and she told me that that, just say, "Look, uh, 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 I uh, I could." Let me see. I'm I'm thinking about how would she word it. She says she could say, "Look, Brandon, you know I could probably." Uh, I could probably find money in the foundation that would actually pay for your ticket, but that's not really what you need. What, what you need is I, that's not the help I'm going to give you or that's not the help you really need. You know, the help you need is I'm going to show you how, and this is where she can say that, uh, you know, that the number one thing you need, if you're going to succeed in business is, connections or whatever, whatever the phrase is, uh, if you if you learn how to connect with the right people, money will never be a problem. I, I'm looking at my, at, at my notes because you yeah. said she's but how we put it in dialogue. She, so I sat down very nervous, wonder you know, hoping she'd be willing to write me a check. And she said, look, I know you would probably and you could even put that in a dialogue Then first. She said, no, Brandon, I know you'd like me to write you a check for $1,000, but I'm going to but I'm gonna help you in a different way, or I'm, I'm going to help you. There's something I can do that will help you even more. I said, what you need to know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, and you must, then what you need to know is that quote. And so he says, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you to some other people that I work with or I know. And then, and you're going to tell them your proposal. You're going to send tell your proposal to them and if and get their feedback to make it better and better and ask them if they would be willing to contribute. However, so, much.
0: so I I love I love this so much. Like I'm so excited right now. I can't even get express. This is this is well, fantastic. We can't
1: leave to start writing. You got. to I'm, I'm ready to in. go right
0: now. <laughs> but let me. So, so I would curious to get your feedback on this because the words that Brenda actually told me, and this is like, most of this was done via email. She would coach me through email. The money, the words that she actually told me is this is the quote. This is the little thing. I could probably find the email where she said this. So it was like, if you ask for money, you get advice. If you ask for advice, you get money. And so that, that was actually what she told me. And she taught me how to ask for feedback and develop relationships with people And then once I I had those relationships, asked them to support and they ended up contributing. And so that's the actual dialogue, but I I want the the underlying meaning of that. I think ties closer to the magic connection method process and it's more specifically about relationships. So do you think there's a way to tie that in or should I continue with kind of the way that I I phrase it is where the the takeaway that Brenda taught me was, was this?
1: Yeah, okay, both. Because that is such a great quote. I've never heard that and it's brilliant. Okay, if you ask for money, you'll get advice, and if you ask for advice, you'll get money, or however yeah. you should yeah, say that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is that? Now, as far as email, okay, I have, I, you may have heard me say this in the last time because I repeat myself often, but one of my principles of storytelling for business is if you're going to tell a story for business, it's got to be true, but it doesn't have to be factual. And what that means is you can't say, uh, you know, it, it, it would it would not be really right to say that you won this competition, even though you didn't or sure. it was free, but you made up about needing the money. I suppose you could get away with it, but it's a little unethical. Yeah, but absolutely. you don't. But any, as long as you keep uh, adhere to the t- basic truth of the story, you can change details to make it more emotional. Mm -hmm. And saying you got an emails from this woman is not nearly as powerful as this young kid with a with a dream needing a thousand bucks sitting down across from her desk, hoping that she'll write him a check. Mm -hmm. And she says, "Okay, I know you, you know, I still like her saying, but but I'm going to teach you something even more important. And that is and then you give that quote. So he said, I'm going to, but then, and this is one of the things that I wanted to hear is I want to know specifically what did she do for you? Yeah. So she, and you just revealed it, which wasn't in the story. She Mm. said, so what you're going to do is I'm going to introduce you to eight people or nine people or four people, whatever it is. And you're going to go, go give them your proposal that you submitted. And you're going to ask for their advice. On how you could make it sharper, so it'll become sharper. But then you're also going to turn them into an ally who can then help you raise this money, either directly or know how else you could do it. And then you've got to go through. This is of the six steps. The setup is who you were before. You know when you found out about the co- you found out about the competition and the pursuit is, or the the crisis is you won, but you found out it's going to be that's step two, and step three and four, pursuit and conflict. So this is your pursuit. And so if you're going to tell a story that says, this is the value of making connections, you're not now not just saying it's valuable, you're saying this is how you do it. You go and ask for advice. And then you make an ally out of the person you're asking advice of. And, and, and so that's why you stay there. And you say, now you don't have to go through seven interviews, but you could say, so the first person I met with was, and if you can name the person. if it's Yeah, I would,
0: I I would, I would, I, I could tell this really quickly and you could tell me how I could incorporate it. There's one guy in particular. Um, So I had had several of these meetings where I was giving them my business plan, asking for feedback. Some of them would contribute, you know, $100, $200 to support me going to nationals. And then I ended up raising like $500 from the first few people that I met with. But then I ended up meeting Kevin Kowalke. And this was this guy that she introduced me to. He gave me feedback and then he asked me, how much do you have left to pay for the trip? And I said, well, I've raised $500 and he's like, okay, I'll pay for the rest of it. And so he ended up giving me like a $500 check that ended up covering the rest of it. And like that, so that was, that was the huge, uh, huge moment to me when I saw that somebody was willing to, they believed in me enough and they were able to support my idea. And like, he, he donated the most out of anybody else to help me cover this trip. And that okay, too. So and that's I'll, I'll, Yeah,
1: that's gotta be in there because now you've just given the story a climax. There was no climax before. It was just, she helped you and you were able to, and who knows what happened in California and nothing good, nothing good ever happens in California, but I'm sure. <laughs> I, but anyway, so that's what you need to do, what you just said. Now you don't need to have a name everybody, but she introduced me to uh uh if you if you don't use the name, you can't or don't remember, or whatever. She introduced me to um a woman who was the uh chairman of the board of a bank, and she introduced me to uh, a person who owned a mom and pop bookstore, whatever it is, and then he said, "And I, I kept getting their advice, and they show, and you know, they they suggested I do, and you, if you could give one piece of advice, that'd be nice too." And she suggested that um, instead of that, in included in my uh, proposal should be uh, something about the, uh, the overhead, like fuel costs or whatever. I'm just making things up. I have no yeah, idea yeah, about food courts or, um, you know, entrepreneurship or whatever, but you don't want to go long and long, but you want to give us a, just a little taste of what happened in those meetings. Yeah. Um, so I just want to, for, for everybody
0: listening, I just want to highlight here too. So like, there's another takeaway that I'm just getting overall from storytelling is like, similar to what you coached me before is like, The vision of me going to the lunch line and like there's there's my friend Matt that goes ahead and he has the dessert. And then there's, like you said, the other person that has the salad. Like you can picture that building up. And so this is kind of like another variation of that. Right. Where it's like Mm -hmm. I I get this one piece of advice. I get this one piece of advice. And then this happens and it's boom. It's the it's the thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, assuming I'm going to give everybody watching the benefit of the doubt and assume you love movies. But if you go to movies, we're talking about the middle of the movie. I mean, you, you know, you wouldn't go see Lord of the Rings and find out who Frodo is and meets Gandalf and he says, you know, you've got to take this ring and you got to get it to Mount Doom. And then and then the movie jumps ahead and shows him throw the ring into Mount Doom and everything's happy and we, <laughs> we don't see how he got there. Yeah. That's the thing you're going for. But if sure. you say, so she introduced me to these entrepreneurs and I was able to raise the money and go to the thing. It's like. Okay. But you haven't told me how. To notice how. That's the, sure. <laughs> end of the story, but it's also in those steps. What you're also doing is saying to your reader or, or audience or whoever, however you're presenting your pitch for, for the course or whatever else it is, you're saying, okay, so I went and I talked to this entrepreneur who suggested this and now that the person hearing that is saying, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Like, I absolutely am going to steal the quote you just told me in the story about. Um, I, I'll give you credit, but, but I mean, I just, I it's it's such a pithy thing that she said about if you ask for money, you'll get advice and da 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 da. And so, so these are the ways you're saying to people you can apply this because if it's just a story about your past and they don't see a connection or value to it, then they're not going to why would they keep listening or sorry about that uh it was a <laughs> telemarketer i just looked at my call no ID, worries. so we're going to skip that um so uh this is why both to create the image of the movie and be specific but also this is where the gems are you know, come across that you're giving your audience when you tell a story. So you're going to say, so, and there's a kind of rule of three. So you need three examples. I met one person who was in this job, one person of this. And as a result of the two of them and four other people that, uh, Brenda had introduced me to, then, uh, I was, you know, I was, I was able to raise, uh, just over uh, $500 or whatever it was. Uh, and so, But then you're gonna add one other thing and then say, but problem was the, 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 the uh, trip, the, the plane was leaving for California in one week and I was still $500 short. But then I got to meet with so-and-so. And if you're gonna name him, you need to say who he is. I mean not by name I don't know this person's name maybe everybody else does but if you say you know who who is considered one of the biggest or who runs one of the biggest companies or who wrote the best selling book of this that's all I need to say. And so I asked him for his advice and we really hit it off and then finally at the end he says how much more do you need you know about how much more do you need to take the trip just what you said. I mean that was a great element to the story. And then and then, uh, and you say, so he wrote the check. And as I, you know, I walked out the door, I realized I'm going to get to go. I get to go. I, I get to go to California or I get to, you know, you, you, you need a moment where he, he writes the check and, or you could say something like, I'm just making this up, but say something like, and I didn't even want to look down at the, at the amount. I thought it would be rude. But as soon as I was out the door, I looked and there, it was $500. And I knew I was going to go to California. And he says, and then now you make your point. He says, and, you know, it was a great trip. You know, I didn't win the national thing, but I, but it was fun. And it was just an honor to be there. But way more important than that trip was what I learned in raising that money. And that was and this is where you can say that it was that moment I realized something my father had always said. And that is, if you learn how to connect with the right people, money will never be a problem again. So now you can use that quote, but it's not as pithy as what she said, but it's the conclusion you come or you're reminded of something your father said or whatever. This and is then, so fucking good. You yeah, can't say that. No, I can't no, say that. It's my no podcast. I can, I can swear podcast. when I want, Michael. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I wanted this podcast to be seen by millions. And now <laughs> you've <just>, you're offended enough <laughs> of people. Anyway, uh, that's cool. Uh, anyway. Um, So then this is where you're going to save a lot of space. You're going to dump a lot of the rest of it because that's another story. That's more all you want to say then is, is, uh, you know, and and as a result, uh, because of what I learned then, I was able to, and then you just list them very quickly. I was able to eventually Get this. Get get to work with uh, so and so, uh, and was he was you know was the first person I made my first x dollars, and my wife and I were able to go to Europe, and so on. I said, but and then you said, and there are two reasons I want to tell this story. But the second reason didn't have anything to do with the story, so I would get rid of it. I would just say, and the reason I want to tell you, or when you say, and I was able to do this after that, as a result of working with that, you know, I was able to work with a number of people, including this guy. And, and I I made my first, whatever it was you said in the tail end, mm-hmm. but you got to make that much more abbreviated. It's just the aftermath. You know, my wife and I were able to go to Europe and I was able to do this. And, um, and, and, that's that's when I began uh, developing my own process, or that's when I when I began starting my master mastermind group of my own. Okay, so you you drop the idea that you've got this event or this product or this process or whatever it is you want to get people to take action. Yeah. You drop it in there, but you don't make a pitch for it. You just say that's it. it says and. The number one thing I want you to take away from this, and then you can either repeat that, the thing about if you learn to, you know, connect with the right people, you know. Now, it would be a little stronger if you could say, when you, it's not just about realizing, but if you learn that connecting with other people by doing X. So if there's some way you could say, you know, uh, by, by uh, you know, by just asking for advice from everyone you know that think might be helpful. or whatever. well here's the,
0: so here's the maybe this maybe this will help is like I mean, I, first first of all, this is just I'm so excited for this. I, I've said that a million times. but like the the process that I've developed over the years, starting with Brenda, then leading to me running an email list with over 100,000 people and connecting with this guy named Jonathan Levy and getting to Genius Network. And now I'm talking to like Michael Hague, you know, like all this was because of learning how to connect with people way back in the day.
1: Yeah, you're sort of at the top of the mountain now. I mean, what 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 greater hey. thing could happen now than you get to talk to Michael Hayes? Hey. <laughs> <Okay, go ahead. laughs> but Take but but here. all
0: that to say all that to say is after all those years of distillation, I've created this process called the magic connection method. This is exactly what I'm using to run this podcast. We got introduced by Sarah Archer because I had used some of this magic connection method stuff that I determined I got on a Sarah Archer's show because of this magic connection method process. I you know, it's like even even today, this is what happened today. I'll tell it out this Story really quick. I was on a workshop, met somebody who was a hypnotist, had him on the show, Tim Scher. Um, Tim, I, I connected with Tim and then because of the incredible experience on in the podcast, he introduced me to another guy. His name is Waldo Waldman. Waldo is a uh, air, air f- decorated air fighter pilot who's flown on 65 combat missions and is a New York Times bestselling author. Get connected to him, and then he just introduced me to Kevin Harrington, who is a Shark on Shark Take original, you know. So, like all of this is because of this magic connection method stuff that I developed all these years. So, you know, over the course of the next few years, I'm gonna be developing out more products, more consulting around this magic connection method process. Because it absolutely changed my life, and this is the story that explains it and and how it started. So,
1: yeah. Okay, that's great. And by the way, so Tim was you didn't re- come to me because of Tim because I know I I know Tim and I was on his Legends. He, yeah. He so legends so that years. that
0: just that just happened to be another another connection. Sarah, right. I was on Sarah Archer's speaking club podcast. And then uh-huh. she introduced me to you in Nevada. And then and then I also had Tim on and found out that you were with Tim as well. So we just have a lot of mutual connections. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah.
1: that, that is an unusual event. Okay. So what you want to do then is what you just said. Say what what was most valuable is that the more valuable is with what I learned from Brenda. I began going out, you know, I was I I just made it my mission to meet as many people as I could and ask for their advice until ultimately, and and finally met with, I forget the name, the person you just mentioned, but who got me into this, this, and so on. And as I, and for all that time, I was, I was, uh, I was developing or I was taking all the elements I had learned and putting into my own process that I call such and such and such. Mm -hmm. So that, and, and, and you could even say, it's not exactly a pitch yet, but you could say, in fact, I wouldn't have this podcast at all if it weren't for the principles I used going through all that uh, about, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't have created this or wouldn't I wouldn't be making connections with you now if it weren't for what I had learned there through that process. And But then you want to get back to it and say, but the number one, so the number one thing I want you to take away from this because the takeaway can't just be, so join my program. The takeaway mm-hmm. has to be, I mean, my belief is when you're making a business presentation or telling a story or you're on the stage, anytime you're making a pitch from the stage, it's best if by the stage, I mean, on a stage or on Zoom or in a book or whatever, it's like my philosophy is you want people to be able to take something away that they can immediately use in their own business or in their own lives, Mm -hmm. whether or not they ever see you again, you know, because they if you give them something of value just by being in your presence or watching your podcast or whatever, then they're going to want to come back and say, well that was cool I would like to find out how I could do more and that's going to be more likely there So the the but just it's just the one principle about connecting with others I for, what did you say the second one is because I don't even remember again I,
0: I call my pro the process I developed that, I, that what I call it now is that what you're asking?
1: No, you said there's two reasons I wanted to tell you this story. Oh,
0: yeah. So the reason, the, part of the reason why I sneak that in and why, why I guess it was just kind of remaining there is because if I'm on a podcast, I want to say that I'm the the host of the seven figure millennials podcast. So other people can go check it out. So like I, I usually end it when I'm on a show, at least the way I've been doing it is I share, you know, I believe you're just one connection away and it's absolutely changed my life. My life is always leveled up when I've connected with somebody and two. When I started sur- surrounding myself with these incredibly successful people that I've connected with, I've learned that you can have all the money in the world and still not be, you know, happy. And so that's part of the reason why I created mm-hmm. Seven Figure Millennials is so that we can pursue entrepreneurship while prioritizing the important things in life. And so, that, so that's you. Yeah. But you're right. It, it's it's not as strong as if I had just put a da da and then and, did and it on the.
1: That's why, because I I remember completely. You said this is about making connection and so on. Yep. And I and and. uh, when I heard, I've, I've heard this and I, I heard a previous version of this that you sent me on video. And after hearing it twice, I didn't remember what the second principle was because there was no story that led up yep. to that understanding. Yes. That's, you, you come up with other stories about how rich people might be unhappy or happy. It's not about that or whatever, but that's not what this is about. And so that's just, so it's nothing. You haven't laid the groundwork for me to want to say, yeah, I want to work. Uh, with Brandon, because he's all about, you know, developing my personal life as well as that. I don't, you, you haven't, you know, the story said to me, this is somebody who, uh, you know, has been where I've been, because we all are in situations where we don't want people to see how much money we've got, or we're not, we don't think we're as affluent as anybody else. We've all been, you know, in those situations where we need something, and we don't know how to get it or whatever it is. But, but that's we 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 connect with your first with your stories on that basis, but there's nothing to connect me to. You want to uh, be a you know develop a, a balanced life or whatever you yeah. say. So leave well, that out.
0: Yeah, I, you, I will say you two. Can,
1: just... You can say it another time. If you're on a podcast, the whole thing is just gonna be tell us your story. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Although that's the way with me. I'm tell, tell me your story. And now we're way over. I don't know how much time you usually take, but I think we've been going an hour. But sorry, I'm not a I'm not a short-winded guy. But just this is this is part of what I mean by staying focused. You can have a lot of different stories to use in different contexts, or you can still tells two from the same podcast or the same stage presentation or multiple stories in a book, but, but stick with, but with one story, stay with that story, go into detail, create emotion with it and make your one point out of that story. Now I'm not saying no story could have not have more than one, but in this case, you are attacking something on that's related to something else you stand for, which is fine, but, you got to, you got to, you got to yep. say that in another context.
0: Yeah. And I just, I just want to, oh man, so, so good. I, I, people are going to be like, Brandon, you already said that. But uh, so just thinking, just thank you for everybody listening too. like my huge takeaway from this too. And, and from the first time we talked, is like, I need to get better at, telling multiple stories that, that like work together, you know, and like, at least, at least in this particular circumstance, like we have the free lunch story that sets up the entrepreneurship. We have the, the Brenda Campbell story that sets up the connection. And so like, from like, if I wanted to use these principles again, I can go and recreate one where the takeaway is about, you know, uh, meeting a millennial or uh, meeting an entrepreneur that had everything but was miserable. And like, I could tell a separate story using everything that Michael just showed about how I got into this group called Genius Network, where it's full of seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs. And I was the youngest person in the room at age 22. And like, I was like, how did that happen? And and then the t- the takeaway of that story of me getting into genius network is, is learning about the, the, you know, prioritizing your happiness, health and relationships. So like, so there's, there's lots to this. And like, now that you've heard, Michael walk me through this whole process, how can you create these mini stories and that where you have the pinnacle and the rising action and the falling, and it it delivers a really powerful message. So super, super good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good. I, I, I would just encourage, I would reinforce that by saying come up with a story that does all the things we've been talking about in this or the two sessions and so on, but stick with one story. Even this, we stretched it into sort of two, or Brandon did because. The, the school lunch story was kind of a, a prologue, kind of a backstory thing where he was a kid and this happened, although he's still a kid when he was going after the, the money to go to California. It was, much, you know, it was older. He'd done he was a business. He was already a business person. He was already an entrepreneur because he'd already done this and so on. But stay with that, but don't don't start worrying about how do I string all these stories together or how do I throw you don't want to try and convey as many messages as you can in one right. story. You want to tell the story specifically and in detail so you can convey one powerful message. Mm. And then you can go on other, or if there are various elements. I, I told you I was working on this course that we're now I'm hoping that shooting for June 2nd which is my brother's birthday. So I made that the day nice. to be ready to launch. But this, this is all about storytelling for business, how you find and develop and create and write and, and add Hollywood principles throughout the process of doing a story. Okay, so that, that uh, program, has seven modules. So there's seven aspects of sort of in sequence and four bonus items uh, about things like how do you block, how do you get rid of writer's block and, and something I call, um, uh, you, know, you know, the Hollywood tricks of the trade, where it's just things I've learned over all those years that you can apply. So basically, we're talking about 11 components. And for every one of those modules that has several lessons in it, I picked one movie. And one story that was contributed by one of my clients or successful people, either a video story or a story for a story from a book or a chapter of a book or whatever it might be. So it's like, OK, instead of talking about 43 movies or all the movies I could or whatever all at once, let's just focus on one for this particular principle about storytelling. Now I might refer to others that have been in other modules previously, but it's that idea. It's don't don't if you try and you know if you just try and uh, avalanche somebody with all these different principles that are important to you, which I know is hard not to do because there's mm. it's like me talking about story. You can see I'm, as I said, I go I can go an hour just on this one story to say here's what you get to, but it's always about you know. It's it's not about going wide and shallow. This is another thing I like to say. It's about going narrow and deep. If you stick with one story, with one principle, and then you go deeper into the characters in the story and deeper into the specifics and the, and the visuals of what we're imagining as we hear the story, that's going to be more powerful. And then that message is going to hit home. That's going to have yeah. real impact. You know, 10 messages in a variety of stories intertwined is not going to have that much impact. Yeah. One, makes it makes a lot of sense. Memorable.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm not going to add anything to that. I think that's so powerful. And I'll just say after we finish recording here, I would I would love if there's anything I can do to help you with that launch. Like I've, I, you know, I have some experience with running 250,000 students in an online course. So I, I will I would love to take a look at anything you have going oh, on absolutely. if I can help you because absolutely. this is, this has been awesome. Now, I, don't <laughs> I,
1: I don't want to, I don't want to become the third guess necessarily if you haven't even had anybody else for a second but you still have more to do with this story you you've got to there's got to be an opportunity to come back and you do one more version with no Mm -hmm. more critique but it'd be maybe as an add-on or something you can decide okay we're going to do this bring me back on for at least part of the podcast just so everybody can hear it and then what I won't be critiquing the story, but it might be fun for me to then sort of interview you and say, okay, what was the process like of creating the story? Not just working with me, but I mean, what was hard? Where did you find it difficult? What 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 were the things that surprised, you know? So so we could get your point of view of of what it is to tell a story. Mostly, yes. I just want to hear the the final the final to be questions. to be
0: continued dot dot dot. And yes, and just as exactly. a as as a lesson for everybody listening to this too, and hopefully this is okay with you, be sharing this, with Michael. But like last time, we hit the the record button, and you know that we we finished recording, and I just messaged Michael afterwards that was I exp, explained how grateful I was and how impactful it was. And Michael was just so grateful with offering us back here. And as you can tell, like, I want to help Michael. He wants to help me out. And so like, it's just, it's just, uh, there's a lesson in and of the connection thing here is that, that this is also how you develop a relationship. Like I want to support Michael in, in launching his course and we want to do other stuff. So I'm, I'm going to continue to look for ways that I can promote Michael because he's done such a fantastic job in helping me. And I'm going to have another conversation with you. I want to connect you with somebody that, that they have a, a video story company and like to have to say they work with you is going to be incredible. So I'm going to make that introduction for you. But again, just thank you so much. This has been this has been a blast. <laughs>
1: yeah, you too. It has been a blast. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I'd say. If you're if you're looking to meet people that can be of value besides the other things, I would say find people who love what they do. Uh, it's just like because people who love what they do are almost never boring if they'll really express why they love what they do. I mean, because you can, you know, it's it's. Uh, like like you Brandon I mean there are things that you are doing and you talk about I don't know about those things and it's not something I really want to be doing specifically but it's just so fun to be in the presence of somebody who's passionate about what they do because then that passion becomes infectious your passion it may be directed to something else that you really like but but you know look look for not just happy people but passionate people who just who love and like to talk about what they love about their work.
0: Yeah, and then to mm-hmm. add on top of that if you can be good at asking questions and letting people talk more about what they already love talking about, that's when they like you even more. <laughs> is <laughs> is when you can continue when you can really find what somebody's passionate about and just be genuinely interested and curious in it and that's why I think I mean I'm I don't want to I, the podcast is just such an incredible tool so i would encourage anybody yeah. if you have an excuse to have conversations with cool people it's it's awesome so yeah. michael this is i know we, we're we going over time here and we'll we will have to be continued round three uh so you can be a three-peat which will be awesome but any any last things you want to say before we we say goodbye to our friends listening to us right now
1: no just just this was just great fun i look forward to it and this was even more fun than i thought it would be because i don't <laughs> I don't often get the chance, I do with clients, but it's been fun sort of on the high act of doing it live to be able to come back, hear a story and say, okay, now, you know, it, it's like if it's if you started out competent and got to good, now we can go from good to great with this story. And I think that process is just wonderful. And you gave me a chance to do that. So, plus you're Absolutely. fun to talk to.
0: And <laughs> you, gave
1: neat, you gave me cool 3D glasses, but People have to wonder what that part of the story is about. You'll explain it to them on the next time, on the next class.
0: Yes, yes. We'll we'll leave that as an open loop, yeah. as a question mark. Why did I send Michael Hague 3D glasses?
1: <laughs> you thank you to uh, awesome. Everybody who stuck it out for an hour and a quarter, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Michael, Thanks, and man. thank you, thank you, everybody for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Brandon here again and I have a quick favor to ask before you head off and that is if you are listening to my voice right now,